Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Of Rogue News in exile, we have with us the man of the hour, the one and only Velas. V for Velas. He is here. He's the dark raven of the deep state, dropping truth bombs like you like nobody's business. And El Cuco just joined us. Welcome, El Cuco. And folks, you can catch uh, Velas over at the Discord, and where he is uh, doing some amazing work over there as well. And with that being said, gentlemen, good morning. How are you guys? Good morning, V. Good morning, CJ. Living the dream. Living CJ, the dream. what happened? What happened to your show with London Paul? I was watching it yesterday, and then all of a sudden, my screen went blank, and it's like content not available. <laughs> he was he was, uh, he was spreading Russian works. propaganda, so they took. Did, it down. did he say a bad word again? <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> Gotta love those algos. <laughs> God Almighty! Somebody was really saying, I, "I don't know," but I know. I mean, it may be back up, but it was it was gone. I'll have to look and see. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I, I went looking for it on YouTube, and it was nowhere to be found on your on your OMC channel. So then I went to our good people at Discord, and they had a link. I clicked the link. The link worked. I've seen that before, where, like, if you have a link, you can get access to content on YouTube. But if you search YouTube, you couldn't find it, you know, if God was helping you. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of enjoying the show, and about 10 minutes in, the screen just goes goes pure white, and there's a little box in the center, content on it. Pi deem Russian propaganda. It's Russian propaganda. <laughs> you need to stop with the Russian propaganda, CJ. You know the Russians are bogged down. They're losing this war. The Russian army is running for their lives. The Ukrainian army is so victorious. They're so incredibly awesome. And there's right. no Nazis in Ukraine. There's no, you know, mass, uh, you know, human rights violations by the Azov Brigade. There's no such thing as the Azov Brigade. You know, Stefan Bandera, he was a freedom fighter. No, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. making all this up. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all Russian propaganda. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hillary Clinton. And Hunter Biden's not funding weapons labs, which Velas is going to get into. I don't want to steal your thunder, Velas. Go ahead, man. Let's cut let's let's get into this. There's a lot of things yeah, going let's, on. Uh, let's, let's see let's, where you want to begin. Let's do this, everybody. So for today's show, and I apologize everybody, I I uh posted it to Discord a little late. Um we're gonna talk a bit about twenty the year twenty thirty. Uh some social media things. Uh, the Great Barrington Resolution, a uh, little hidden detail on electric vehicles. We have some lithium news. I, I mean the natural resource, not the I need some lithium to calm me down. Uh, the World Health Organization criminal tourists, uh, the Office of Strategic Services who preceded the CIA's handbook on disruption approaches, which you may find interesting, and a song of resistance. And uh, yes, to uh, whoever, um, one of our, I think it was Green Machine, uh, yes, I also caught a little bit of hobo sermons uh, playing playing the guitar this morning, which was nice. So, to start, we have to also try and keep in mind, everybody, that when it comes to the year 2030, uh, and in the words of one of my management consulting colleagues, he used to have this thing where he'd start with a perfect world idea or or state for the organization with whom we were working, and then work his way backward to basically a point where it was, okay, this is possible with money or time or, or your organization could tolerate this. Sure, you want to be over, way over here on the right-hand side of the board. 
but but over here on the left is what's possible. So with our friends in the globalist community, everything they're doing right now is based on their target year of 2030. And that goes for the Great Reset, that goes for all of these various social changes they're trying to enforce and free movement of labor and all the rest of it. So as we look at the world, as we as we assess the world, we've got to keep in mind that they're working from there and working backward. So as we see things taking place, we have to keep keep that in mind. And one of the things to keep in mind right now, their long-term goals is keep your eye out for anything that deals with cashless or removing cash in transactions. The term that's being used right now that they're toying with is frictionless shopping. So shopping without friction. Um, the other thing too is, is um, you know, when QR codes came out, I kind of thought, well, that's interesting depending on what the QR code is for, or, you know, you go to a restaurant now, especially after the coof, and you hold your phone over a QR code and it pulls up the menu for the restaurant, saves them on the cost of menus and, you know, all that. Um, but evidently they're going to try and start using more or changing how QR codes are used. Uh, for purchases and things, uh, including just having stuff delivered delivered to your home and eliminating um, stores themselves where possible. The other thing too, and I'm kind of going to channel uh, Gus Demos here a little bit, the closer we get to 2030, but even right now in 2022, because uh, we're eight years out, we will begin to see various, shall we say, protected classes uh, on the left. And when I say left, I mean ideological left. I don't mean liberals because I've got plenty of friends who are liberals and we get along fine. Um, but we're going to see protected classes on the left start taking a bullet. And that would be folks like teachers, certain women's demographics, university professors, government employees, the list goes on. And when I say take a bullet, what I mean is lost jobs, lost employment guarantees, lost protections on no matter what happens, I'll always have a job because I'm a federal employee. Um, eliminations of cost of living increases and the list goes on. And I know that V and CJ and Gus and others on Rogue, as well as a lot of folks in the alternative space have been talking about this, that there's certain people that were, you know, obeying the will of their um, application on their phone telling them to go out and protest when Donald Trump was president, who now are finding themselves impacted by things like, what do you mean my daughter will never have a chance of winning in her sport because someone who self-identifies differently uh, is competing against her? So just some things to keep in mind as it relates to 2030. Now, on the social media topic, there's a lot to unpack right now, um, especially with the upcoming fall elections. But one of the things I would point out, and nothing is as, as it seems, and I know that Gus and me and CJ brought this up um, earlier this week on Wednesday, that should, quote unquote, the Republicans gain several seats in the Senate or the House, that does not mean that life is going to go back to pre-2020 and people can just, you know, I don't mean this way I'm saying it, but, but return to ignoring what the heck is going on in your world and everything's fine. Because the first thing is those new elected officials will not last long against the long arm of BlackRock or Lord Malik Brown, even if currently they're not under their influence. The other thing is, is, is it doesn't mean there's going to be a seismic political shift, regardless of the media, who, remember, is an entertainment mechanism. They are not an informing mechanism. We are an informing mechanism, not the mainstream media. So as CJ has often said many times, your attention needs to remain focused, first and foremost, on metropolitan elections and local elections at the state level where you live, at least here in the United States, and if you're in a foreign country uh, accordingly. 
The other thing too is, is as, as we're looking at the upcoming elections, this is why so many hardcore blue state politicians are dropping mask mandates and actually letting your kids breathe because they see the writing on the wall. Right. And they're targeting alternative media folks. It's already starting. For any of you who remember the fall of 2019 and the Night of the Long Knives, where in September, October, everybody from Poly St. George to a whole host of alternative news providers were just gone. I don't, I don't mean you're in the penalty box, just, just gone off various social media. And Patreon more and more is starting to pull people off their platform. So especially as we are fingers crossed, returning to YouTube, at least YouTube this, this Monday, the 28th to, to start re-informing our friends out there who, who <laughs> once again, didn't catch the shift over to all the other places where they can catch road news. Uh, but this will be like our third or fourth reminder to everybody about here's the website and we have exciting things coming with the website. And then, uh, you know, here's rumble and here's Twitch and here's other places where you can find our program. But keep your eyes open because we're probably going to see Twi uh, Twitch and Rumble and other platforms start getting targeted. And it's why, whether it's our program or others, you know, you got to stay fluid as far as keeping track of where your favorite, your favorite folks are. And I think, you know, Frank, like quite frankly, when we had him on this Monday and V and he were speaking uh, about, I mean, I, I, I was rather stunned by the things Frank was getting in trouble for with, with YouTube. <laughs> But he's he's said several times that that you know and as I've listened to his program, you know, he says many times, I've just I've just had it with you too, you know. But I think even for him, this was this was finally it. But we're going to we're going to see this continue, especially the closer we get to the midterm elections, because you have to remember, they will try and distract us that it's about the people. You know, I have this highly inflammatory candidate who's upsetting you. But it's like, again, as I often say, that's the head fake. Where does our focus need to be? Well, what, what, I don't use the word issues, but what issues, what topics, what things are various candidates talking about, not talking about, willing to deal with, not willing to deal with when they take office? What's going on at your local level? I mean, one of the best ways to keep people's minds off of what's going on locally is to give them a lot of distractions like Ukraine nationally or internationally so that you're not paying attention to what's going on uh, in your own backyard. And this goes back to the topic we discussed here on the show uh, two weeks or so ago about the, the uh, DuckDuckGo site. Uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they unveiled their mask and it was actually Google. <laughs> yeah. Hello. As your, Lord, as your Lord Satan, this is what I want you all to do. Yeah. So, I, again, that, that's why you're... See, just sent me a meme of like you know the Scooby Doo episode. It's like a meme where it's like they got the yeah, villain yeah, yeah. and they take the mask off and it's Google. It's Google. <laughs> yeah, I liked I like the other one where it's Fred saying, and now we're finally going to reveal uh, who all of Jeff Epstein's clients were. And the third slide down is somebody holding a Fred in the news. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and I know uh, I'm speaking to certain parties on our show out there. Um, this is why we keep trying to, um, specifically here at Rogue, I don't, I don't really see, quite frankly, and that's fine. I mean, you do you. There's a lot of other alternative providers out there. That that's not really their thing is, is, well, what can you do about this? I know Mike Moore does uh, quite heavily. But this is why we took you know, a portion of shows recently and have done so historically. We're here at Rogue, especially on my program. We've tried to identify, okay, here's what a jailbreak phone is. 
here's how you do that. Here's how you find somebody who can do that. That's what John Singleton and other guests are really, really good with that kind of content. And why I walked you all through and posted on Discord, you know, here are all your alternative search engines. And it, and it wasn't two or three. I mean, it was like 10. And yes, some of them, some of them were in other countries, but that's fine. And if you go to the resources page, uh, the, the earliest content posted on the resources page on Discord was where I identified how you get access to browsers and other networks in other countries and just log in there. And then, of course, your other thing is using, using your VPN uh, to log some of these sites. So again, as this develops, we'll, we'll continue to do our best to give you some clues on what to do or who may have been compromised or whatever. And also, my thanks to all of you who responded on Discord earlier this week to my inquiry about methods you've heard about who are effective in helping people who've lost their sense of smell or taste, uh, either post-coof or post-coof shot. Um, that's an excellent way for us to leverage this community for, for information to everybody. Uh, there was a lot of good input. There were a number of things posted I hadn't heard of before, which, which I know I'm researching into because I have uh, someone who's, who's trying to deal with this and it's been a pain for them for almost a year now. So uh, my thanks to all of you for taking part in that because we got a lot of good, a good, uh, good detail there. Some of you may remember the Great Barrington Resolution. That originally was three key doctors signed a declaration uh, which said that as infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists, they had grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the, the prevailing COVID-19 policies. Um, now, it's eventually been signed now by 60,000 health professionals. This last Wednesday during a Fox interview, uh, they raised with my buddy, who I really feel strongly about. Uh, Dr. Collins, formerly the head of the National Institutes of Health, which you remember my, my various missives about how Health and Human Services, the federal agency here in the United States is organized, where you kind of go down into the left, that's CDC. If you go down into the right, that's National Institutes of Health. And then of course, what is below National Institutes of Health is a group called NIAID, and that's Dr. Fauci. Uh, evidently, Dr. Collins, back in October of 2020, sent an email to Congress all of Congress, demanding, and I quote, a quick and devastating takedown of anyone who was a signatory, as well as the publishers of the declaration. And he said these people needed to be destroyed as a federal official, because <laughs> we're not allowed to question technocrats on policy decisions. Well, Congress issued a report on how various COVID policies worked or didn't work. And part of the language that was in there was referencing Dr. Collins as having sent out that email. Fox News interviewed Dr. Collins, who was shocked, I tell you, shocked, and couldn't believe that they were bringing this up again. And, and that's, that's been in the public domain for quite some time. And I don't know why we're discussing that email that I sent out. So let us reference quick and devastating takedown of anybody who dared suggest that maybe the technocrats might be wrong about how to approach let's just take it at face value, um, a known pandemic, which may or may not be deadly, uh, and then reference back to my comment about them cracking down on media sources as we get closer to the midterm elections. Mike Moore had some interesting input this week about electric vehicles. Now, I think Mike may be a little bit ahead of his skis on this right now, but that doesn't mean he's wrong, and it's just a function of timing. Mike has been pondering the whole green energy push, again, part of 2030 planning by the globalists. And when it came to electric cars, 
Um, and of course, I've got to take a small sidebar on that topic, folks, because it's like electric cars. What a first world problem that is. Jeez, I wonder what electric car I'm going to buy as, <laughs> as people are trying to farm uh, down in, in rural South America. Um, but he brought up the whole thing about cash for clunkers programs, removing older cars off the road and tax credits for electric vehicles. And the list goes on. And I, I'm pretty sure I shared with all of you that I, I recently got out of my personal fleet of vehicles, a, a very nice BMW I liked because I was, I was getting tired of the fact that I was getting emails from BMW saying, we've noticed your driving habits recently. We're wondering whether or not you'd like to consider to buy some new tires. And it's like, okay, that'll be enough of that. How the hell? What? Yeah. So I went back to, uh, <laughs> went back to a much older Subaru uh, that doesn't have all that technology. Yeah. And then between that and my Faraday bag, uh, I can drive around like it's 1975. Um, and of course, one of the things Mike brought up is, is that this is being pushed by the International Energy Agency or the IEA, uh, which is kind of funny to me because I know the IEA very well. I'm sure you're all shocked by that. Um, back in my academic days and, and being involved with the United Nations. Yes, that United Nations. Um, the IEA is pushing globally for electric vehicles and electric this and electric that. And one of the, the uh, many sources I use is uh, Diesel Industry News. Uh, it's a publication for people who make stationary generators and small diesel engines for backhoes and other types of, of uh, especially in certain countries where, you know, the more common stuff we're used to here in the United States, these big giant, you know, front loaders and stuff that you see working on construction sites. A lot of other countries, they, they need much smaller equipment due to space considerations and similar. That publication in particular has been focusing quite heavily on the movement of that equipment over to electric um, power rather than, or, or not even hybrid, but just pure electric power. Uh, and recently in the news, none other than Cummins Engine uh, in Southeast Indiana has been buying up a number of companies who have things like transmission gearing or power takeoff capabilities that are more oriented for the way in which electric power is delivered to the device rather than um, a fuel-driven engine. So where I'm going with that is, is that one of the things Mike has pointed out is, and he's correct about this, is, is that especially in the United States, but it's not just the United States, we don't have the power grid infrastructure to charge all these vehicles. And that's yeah. part of what is not being said. And last summer, California notified residents during periods of peak power to not charge their cars because they said, we don't, you know, we don't have the juice. And it's, it's typical of California's problems. They were going through a heat wave and then the Santa Ana winds were, were getting high. So they had to pull the power back because they didn't want, if any of the, the towers fell over, they didn't want any, any fires getting started. So between your smartphone now integrating with your electric car, what happens if you run afoul of the government or your social credit score, or even if it's quote unquote, just an accident? I've had a number of people lately telling me, now this is, stay with me. I've had a number of people telling me lately, and I've encountered it myself, where the government wants its money, the treasury department, i.e. the IRS, because we're in tax season. They want their money right now because we have to keep shipping arms to Ukraine. Um, them paying you the money you're owed is a lot slower right now in case anybody didn't notice. But the, the takeaway for me is, is a number of people with whom I've spoken, including folks I know still in government, is that the Treasury Department, not more than ever, folks, is really having problems getting work done. Now, when I was in government, I was working in Washington. 
I saw quite frequently. They would borrow people. I've mentioned this in other shows. The Treasury Department would borrow people out of Homeland Security or other agencies and give them the basics of training and say, just go through these, these tax returns. And, and if you see any of the following, we'll flag those and look, look at them later. Well, Treasury's got even worse problems now. And so folks are getting hit with bills and things from Treasury that it takes time, obviously. But in the end, what happens is, oh, our bad. You didn't do anything wrong. Our bad. We, we, we got to fix that. You don't owe us money or you don't owe us as much or whatever it might be. And I'd mentioned on another show about uh, people filing for uh, licenses for handguns or background uh, searches and so on, where they were getting flagged because of an innocent mistake. But now, thanks to the legislation that was recently passed, ATFE just deputized your local law enforcement people. And now they got to look into every aspect of your life because you filled out an application for a firearm. And it could be the most innocent of mistakes, but now the machinery's been triggered. So with this whole electric car thing or electric device thing that they're pushing, as you know, many of these devices can just be turned off remotely, much like much like BMW poking into my private life. Um, so now it begs the question, how far can you drive your electric car where now your electric car has become like one of those grocery store shopping carts or shopping store carts that has a little security wheel? It's got the little antenna on it. If you if you take the cart too far away from the store so that you don't steal the cart, the wheel locks. Well, they're doing that with your car and they're doing that with industrial equipment. Because the other thing, too, is because of my past life working with product lifecycle management and so on. I've been experiencing this with a number of firms out there. Talk to a farmer. Ask them their thoughts these days on John Deere or Massey Ferguson or Case or Caterpillar or New Holland. You can't even work on those tractors anymore. You, in some cases, depending on how big the piece of equipment is, not just for farms, but but like I said, road road equipment, because a lot of that stuff is leased. And if your lease payments aren't being made, well, <laughs> right in the middle of working on that bridge, it shuts down. But some of that equipment now, folks, is so sensitive, and I know this for a fact with John Deere. If you open up a certain part of the piece of equipment without authorization, it sends a signal home and says, hey, this farmer or whomever is opening up this, this John Deere piece of equipment without authorization. And they'll, they'll shut it down. They, they, it's now more than ever, you have to have the manufacturer perform the maintenance. And much like with cars, this is why you've got a lot of farmers out there right now at auctions and things in the obscure brick of brick of what's out there. You've got a lot of farmers looking for older farm equipment precisely for that reason. And another thing, you know, what if... What if in good faith and you've got the money, whether it's a tractor or a car or whatever it may be, what happens if you miss a payment in this usage-based economy? Is, is your equipment going to shut off? So just some food for thought. Uh, loud whistle syndrome. Uh, you can't make this up. Um, medical experts, particularly in Britain and the Irish press, have been saying that they've now realized, I'm not making this up, that loud whistles during sporting matches are the cause of so many athletes having recent heart problems. It just, it just so, it so shocked them that, that their heart gave out. <laughs> Which, of course, my take on that is, is, you know, when you're a company that goes from $40 billion a year in revenue to $80 billion, it's amazing uh, what you can get the media to say. Right. But, yeah, loud whistle syndrome. It has nothing to do with the shots. Uh, the price of lithium has doubled in 2022. We spoke last September about all the commodities. Well, Go ahead. That's okay. We have we have so much lithium here in the United States. We also have molybdenum and cobalt and vanadium and, and we ha- we have everything that we need. No, we don't. Yes, we have nothing. 
you'll have nothing like it. Yeah. Um, so this... Tesla, have you seen the lines for Tesla? Like these guys at the charging stations, <laughs> they're like, God, I wish I could pay six dollars a gallon for gas now because some areas, it, it, you know, these uh, uh, Tesla superchargers are run off of utilities. They're cutting back on those supercharging stations, right? So now these supercharging stations are just hanging out there. Well, I love the ones that are underwater because oh, that's the best. You had heavy rain and a, and a uh, drain backed up, and so the, the you can't get to them. Uh, and I, you know, as the three of us are all out here in the Midwest, I mean, I've got, I had friends from the West Coast that were like, wait a minute, you mean I can just use that charger over at that Panera Bread or whatever? And it's like, yeah, because we don't have as many of them on the road as you, you guys do. But I've also noticed more and more that um, that's not as prevalent because the cost of power is going up. So before it was like, well, yeah, if you've got an electric car and you stopped off to get a coffee, you know, you can plug the thing in and get a 20 minute charge or whatever at no cost. I've had people telling me that where they live more and more, they're seeing signs that are like, it's only available during certain days or whatever it might be. But yeah, the lithium thing, remember my comments previously, everyone about Bolivia's government last year, where a British private equity firm tried to overthrow that country's government. Again, in one year, the price of the stuff has doubled. So imagine what would have happened if that British private equity firm had succeeded, you know, pulling my best Dr. Evil, similarly to what happened in Chile and Peru when it came to copper and other, other materials. So do the math on how much money they would have made if they had succeeded. And that's just one of the commodities that are out there. Speaking of commodities, we have Bill Gates and grain, uh, crazy days and nights. Uh, love that site. Um, suggested recently that the reason Bill Gates is hoarding grain from his various farmlands is he's trying to drive up the price, which would be monopoly fixing in any other universe. But because it's Bill, we're not going to investigate that or charge him for that. Um, World Health Authority. Mike Moore, I mentioned this on a prior show a couple of weeks ago. Mike Moore, about three or four months ago, uh, had raised that there was an effort underway to give the World Health Organization power over national governments when it comes to disease and response to disease. And I posted an article on the Vela's page on 13th uh, Sunday of this week. Keep your eyes open. This is no joke. And I hate to go there, but um, given the grid I showed all of you last, last Friday about Patrick Ryan's, you know, if statements, um, if we have another pathogen outbreak globally, this would now mean the World Health Organization has the authority to move more swiftly and in a centralized fashion, which for technocrats and big government people sounds fantastic. Plus not to go there, but we have a number of government officials that when it comes to any topic, love to give authority away rather than they be blamed if something goes south. So this way, if the World Health Organization makes a mistake, we could just blame them. It's not the CDC. It's not the NIH. But having a single world body responsible for determining local um, disease management should, should give us cause for concern. Uh, criminal tourists. I posted quite a bit about this on the Discord page earlier this week. Um, be careful, folks. Uh, we now have what they're calling criminal tur uh, tourists. Uh, they're targeting certain high net worth areas of the United States. And again, part of our effort here at Rogue to make sure that your personal lives are being taken care of. Um, What's happening is, is you have criminal groups who are leveraging the non-existent border situation and uh, weak bail laws, and the list goes on. 
and we are not attorneys, nor law enforcement personnel, so as consult with a professional. Um, posted again on Sunday the 20th. If you've not already checked out your house, your surrounding, uh, around your, your dwelling, um, what does your home defense situation look like? What are your plans when you're away from your house, whether it's alarms or cameras? Um, what does your home state say about things like castle laws, where you know basically your home is your castle, you have the right to defend it? Um, in my home state, the castle laws extend to your car, a motorcycle, or even a pedal bike, uh, what they would call a conveyance. So you have the right to defend yourself if, if you're not walking, but you're in some sort of, of car or bike or what have you. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is your local police and sheriff's departments will often do one of several things who are worthwhile and worth considering. They can provide an assessment of where you live, even if that's an apartment or a condo. And things you could consider doing from a security standpoint, they can also uh, let you know what the local uh, security situation is where you live. Um, where I live locally, we had a problem eh, last year, year prior. Thieves were breaking into cars in your driveway to use the garage door openers on your rear view mirrors or similar. And then from there, they could access your garage or even get into your home. And that's, you know, it depends where you live, you know, um, the, the methods these criminals use can can be different. But remember, the, the difference here is, is, is we're not talking about domestic criminals getting creative about how they steal stuff. The, these are folks literally who are not U.S. citizens coming into the United States to steal. And so, number one, the, the potential for them to be more violent is higher. And then the other thing is, is that, you know, depending on what state, I mean, like if you're in New York State, I, what's, what are the odds are going to get prosecuted at all? None. So, You're a protected class. Right. So just food for thought, folks. And again, you know, it's the old it, thing. The reason it. why the illegal immigrant is robbing, raping, and pillaging in New York City is because he is a victim of colonization. Okay? Here, here. Then that is the reason why he had to trek all the way to New York from uh, Guatemala, Nicaragua, whatever, Honduras, El Salvador, all the way to New York. Because he needs to let the world know that he is a victim of white supremacy. And the best way to express your victimhood is to steal, because that's the only way you can get by. I mean, folks. I mean, CJ's a victim of white supremacy, Siege, right, Siege? Absolutely. His wife is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. Yes, yes. CJ's a big victim. She's oppressing she, you, CJ. She bullies me all. She bullies me all the time. <laughs> it's terrible, you know. By the way, Gilbert Nowak, your comment about um, Wisconsin, where they want to turn 144,000 acres into solar farms—that uh, number of 144,000 kind of leapt off the page to me. Oh, nice. There's some biblical in, in, uh, connotations there. <laughs> yes. Uh, for all you evangelical fans, that, that's uh, an interesting number. And for all you Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and yes, uh, short bus mooner, uh, constitutional sheriffs in Florida. So wherever you live, you know, it's it's never a bad thing to, to kind of assess your situation. It's no different than when we were little and the universe was less crazy. And they would, when, when your school actually provided value to your kids. I remember where I lived frequently every year, they would have us go through this thing about, what would you do at home if there was a tornado? And what would you do if um, you had a fire? You know, and we had we had a lot of homes where I grew up that were two story. And so I remember a lot of parents saying, well, geez, really, do I have to get a ladder off the second floor? And it's like, yeah, but how many 
ways in your home do you have to get out if the hallway's on fire? It's like, well, none. Well, then you better go get a ladder. Um, so it's one of those things that, you know, you sometimes take it for granted that it's like, oh, I've got everything under control. And it's like, yeah, well, okay. But, you know, the other thing too is is the good thing about, about at least where I live, local law enforcement, my sheriff's department is, um, number one, my local police, they have, they have citizen classes all the time on a ton of stuff, how to protect your kid from sexting, what to look for on the phones. They've got IT experts that if technology is not your thing, it's like, here's, here's what you do, or you call, uh, your vendor, Verizon Sprint, whomever, and you have it locked down to do the following, whatever it might be. Um, and other, other things you can do. This is more of a problem in bigger cities where I've seen, you got people in a van sitting outside your neighborhood. And they're scanning all your wireless routers and they're trying to find ways to break in. Cause what they do is while you're at work, they come back into your neighborhood and then they use your, your wireless system for a host of criminal actions and then bail. And then when the cops or worse, the feds show up at your door saying, why are you moving child porn through your network? You're standing there with your hands out saying, well, I, 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 I had no, I, well, what? No, I, <laughs> I was at work. What, you know, how did that happen? So, you know, if you've got good local law enforcement, make use of it. Go check out their websites. They've got little classes and stuff you can attend. And I, I can't tell you the numbers of times, folks, that I've been chewing the gristle with a cop about whatever, you know. And, and it's just, it's a conversation, you know, their phone's in the car, my phone's in the car. We're, we're standing out talking and, and it's like, well, you know, <laughs> there's this new problem locally. And it's like, well, do tell. Well, yeah, they're doing this thing now. And it's like, okay, great. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's worth considering. So with that, we got a, a, a clip um, from Bill Hicks. And this is Bill Hicks's thoughts on marketing people. But I got to tell you right now, to me, this is people who run psychological operations programs, the media, and anybody who supports globalist thinking. So if uh, you gents would roll the clip. Right. One second, mate. Let me just pull it up on YouTube. I'm enjoying so much freedom here in Australia. <laughs> Y'all should come visit me. I'm at the COVID detention center. <laughs> the freedom to not. It's a wonderful day in Australia. We're celebrating freedom. We just want to let everybody know in America. Come down here. Wait. I'm sharing my own screen. with. Uh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Hold on. I got this. I got this. I can do it. I believe in you. I can do it. There we go. This is Billy Boy Hicks. Why doesn't every home in the what? U.S. have solar panels? Right after we get through the ad. Hold on, sunlight, hold on. weather, or even politics. It's okay. By the way, if anyone here is in advertising or marketing, kill yourself. <laughs> just a little thought. I'm just trying to plant seeds. Maybe, maybe one day they'll take root. I don't know. You try. You do what you can. Kill yourselves. Seriously, though, if you are, do. Uh, no, really. There's no rationalization for what you do, and you are Satan's little helpers, okay? Kill yourself. Seriously. You're the ruiner of all things good. Seriously. No, I'm, this is not a joke. It's going to be a joke coming. There's no fucking joke coming. You are Satan's spawn. Filling the world with bile and garbage. You are fucked and you are fucking us. Kill yourself. It's the only way to save your fucking soul. Kill yourself. Plant seeds. 
I know all the marketing people are going, he's just doing a joke. There's no joke here whatsoever. Suck a tailpipe, fucking hang yourself, borrow a gun from a yank friend. I don't care how you do it. <laughs> Rid the world of your evil fucking machinations. Whatever, you know what I mean. I know what all the marketing people are thinking right now, too. Oh, you know what Bill's doing? He's going for that anti-marketing dollar. That's a good market. He's very smart. Oh, man, I am not doing that. You fucking evil scumbags. Oh, you know what Bill's doing now? He's going for the righteous indignation dollar. That's a big dollar. A lot of people are feeling that indignation. We've done research. Huge market. He's doing a good thing. God damn it, I'm not doing that, you scumbags. Quit putting a goddamn dollar sign on every fucking thing on this planet. Ooh, the anger dollar. Huge. The anger Huge dollar. Huge times of recession. Giant market. Bill's very bright to do that. God, I'm just caught in a fucking web. Ooh, the trapped dollar. Big dollar. Huge dollar. Good market. Look at our research. We see that many people feel trapped. If we play to them and separate them into the trapped dollar, how do you live like that? I bet you sleep like fucking babies at night, don't you? What'd you do tonight, honey? Oh, we made, uh, we made uh, arsenic uh, childhood food now. Good night. <laughs> Yeah, we just said, you know, is your baby really too loud? You know. Yeah, it'll, you know, the mums will love it. Yeah. Sleep like fucking children, don't you? This is your world, isn't it? There so the, the immortal Bill Hicks with, with more wisdom. Um, so I wanted to review with everyone. Um, there were disruption approaches that the American Office of Strategic Services, or the OSS, came up with during World War II. Now, the OSS, at the conclusion of the war, eventually became uh, the CIA that we know and love today. Um, these were approaches for folks operating in German territory in order to kind of tie things up. This, was, this content was out of the OSS Simple Sabotage Manual, sections 11 and 12, as they related to those folks that were under Nazi occupation. But uh, to kind of channel Saul Alinsky, this also works well in any bureaucratic environment by turning the bureaucracy against itself. So from an organization perspective, uh, insist on doing everything through channels. Never permit any form of shortcut to be taken to expedite decisions. Um, make speeches, talk as frequently as possible in a great length, illustrate your points by long anecdotes and accounts of personal experiences. Um, when possible, refer everything to a committee for further study and consideration. Uh, attempt to make committees as large as possible, never less than five people. Uh, bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. Haggle over precise wordings of communications, minutes, or resolutions. Refer back to matters decided at the last meeting and attempt to reopen the question of the advisability of that decision. Uh, always advocate caution. Uh, be reasonable and urge your fellow uh, co-workers and similar to be reasonable and avoid haste, which might result in embarrassment or difficulties later. Um, be worried about the propriety of every decision. Raise the question of whether such actions contemplate it as within the jurisdiction of that group. Do we even have the authority to do what we're talking about? Uh, can we forward this item to some higher echelon? Um, lower morale and with it production. Uh, be kind to inefficient workers. Give them uh, undeserved promotions. Discriminate against anyone who's efficient or effective in their job. 
complain unjustly about their work, um, hold conferences when there is more critical work to be done. Those last two items, by the way, is, is pretty much <laughs> my experience with a lot of organizations right now that are, are drowning in, in wokeness, um, bringing the organization to its knees unless those groups get what they're asking for. Now, for managers and supervisors, demand a written order when it comes to everything. Misunderstand every order. Ask endless questions or engage in long correspondence about those orders. Uh, do everything possible to delay the delivery of orders, even though parts of orders may be ready beforehand. Don't deliver it until completely ready. Don't order new working material until the current stock is already exhausted so that the slightest delay in filling your order will mean a shutdown. Order higher quality materials, which are hard to acquire. If you don't get them, argue about it. Warn those inferior materials will mean inferior work. Uh, in making work assignments, always sign out the unimportant jobs first. See that the important jobs are assigned to inefficient workers working with poor machinery or poor equipment. Insist on perfect work in, in uh, relatively unimportant products. Send back for refinishing those which have any form of flaw. Uh, approve other defective parts whose flaws are not visible to the naked eye. Make mistakes in routing so that parts and materials will be sent to the wrong place. When training new workers, give incomplete or misleading instructions. Um, let's see here. Multiple, uh, multiply paperwork as much as possible. Create duplicates for everything. Uh, multiply procedures and clearances involved in issuing instructions and paychecks so that at least three people must approve everything and apply every regulation uh, to the last letter. I'll post that on, on Discord. Uh, I found a lot of those interesting because I've, I've encountered a lot of this with organizations where, especially when I was a management consultant, I was brought into, especially with federal agencies, uh, darn near everything I just said was was what was going on in these federal agencies, and I had to kind of turn it turn it back or open um, risk issues and risk tickets to the organization to say why why do these rules exist or whatever to try and get some of that out of there. And I would have people fighting with me violently because, especially at federal agencies, the last thing they wanted to hear was is that I wanted to make it more effective to get work done. Um, I'd also point out that what I just read to you. Uh, is in many ways how Scientology, uh, who in my opinion is a cult, um, brought the Treasury Department, the IRS, to their knees many years ago. And I've mentioned on other shows, there are people out there that have studied carefully how Scientology did that, because up to that point, um, everybody was terrified of Treasury. And it's like, oh my God, the IRS is involved. And Scientology was like, no, we can deal with this. And what they did was is they... they um, leveraged every appeal process. They went after every person involved in that, in that process. They questioned the um, capability or work history of every person involved. Uh, they used every form of appeal within an ombudsman or ombudswomen uh, that were available in those processes to tie up that agency. And it, it got so bad that by the time the lawyers for Scientology felt it was ready to do so, they went to the director of treasury and said, okay, now we're willing to cut a deal. And the, the treasury director, like from, from uh, documentaries as I've seen and so on, was, was just sweating profusely and is like, anything, anything, I'll agree to anything. Like our agency can't get anything done right now because, because just we wanted to take away your, your uh, tax-free status. Um, these sorts of things I just listed, by the way, folks, I mean, again, I don't want to be here, but this is the world we're in. 
if you're dealing with uh, squirrely school boards or local government or anybody in your state government bureaucracy is causing you problems, um, those those are all great ways to tie up the works and because and, it's they you know people leftist activists have been doing this stuff for years. Last topic until we get to the song of resistance. Um, for those of you who know the reference "Jump the Shark," uh, that was a reference to when the TV show Happy Days had Fonzie jump over a shark. And in television and media circles, that's kind of a reference to your show has served its purpose and needs to go off the air now. Um, Crazy Days and Nights and Patrick Ryan have encountered one another. Um, I'm going to read something to you from June of 2020, where uh, Crazy Days and Nights, bear with me, Crazy Days and Nights had a posting about the following, and I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what the what the takeaway was because Patrick recently referenced. He was asking a question about uh, the Gisling Maxwell sisters and a particular organization called Wirecard. I had posted this on Discord and told all of you I was going to get back to it. So this is what was posted on June 26th of 2020 on, on the website Crazy Days and Nights. Let me take you on a little journey back in time. Many years ago, the father of a madam procurer serial sexual assaulter built his fortune not on his media empire, but on information. That information was then used to blackmail people. Whether he did it for governments or his own pocketbook, the operations were always ongoing. Over time, the operations became larger and larger. Because his expenses far outweighed his income, he became greedy, too greedy, and he ended up dead. Although his children might not have known he was out of money, they all did learn one thing from him, blackmail. They also learned that if you could play on the inside, you would have knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is money. Also playing on the inside meant you could control who escapes and who is caught. Playing on the inside means you can make it impossible for someone to be found. We're going to get back to that. Two of the daughters focused on playing on the inside, and these are the two Gisling sisters I told you all about. And Polly St. George did three different shows on the Maxwell sisters, the companies they ran. This is the thing I've told you all about where Gisling Maxwell's two sisters, they ran firms that were data mining and data information, among many, software products that are exclusively sold to the FBI and the CIA. Two of the daughters focused on playing on the inside. What did they accomplish? They created a back door into the computers of various intelligence and border control agencies and countries throughout the world. How did they accomplish this? Well, they designed the system. They built it. They sold it to one country at a time. One of the things the software is used for is border controls. If you have the ability to pretend someone is in a country or show them never entering or leaving a country, you can hide someone very well. It could also make it really easy to hide a family member. It's not a fail-safe system for hiding someone, but it takes away one of the biggest tools governments have for finding someone who's trying to disappear. Fast forward to the present day, to the biggest blackmailing operation in the history of the world, a blackmailing operation that involves multiple state actors and one of the biggest accounting frauds since Enron. The accounting fraud was only possible because regulators in several countries were being pressured by other state actors. All these directions lead to Asia. One of the state actors handled the banking and fraud aspect. They had a trial run last year with their successful hacking of international banks. Some of you might remember that. That country does not have the wherewithal or the ability to take on a large-scale blackmail operation. We need someone much larger for that. A very large country 
who also happens to be the sponsor and lifeline for the other company, that would be the United States. You have a missing executive of a company that processed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of transactions for child porn. The executive has all of the information of who produced it, who distributed it, and consumed it through these financial transactions. Meanwhile, why not steal some of that money while they were at it and cover that up too? Now, what about the sisters I wrote about earlier? The ability to manipulate where someone went and where someone is going. The executive supposedly flew into a Southeast Asian country, at least according to immigration arrival records, in that country's computer system. However, he wasn't on any of the videos of people entering the country. No one remembers seeing him on the flight. And the next day, he supposedly left for the country behind all of this. But there were no flights to that country at that time that corresponds with immigration records. It sure makes it a lot easier to hide when you have someone on the inside. So the reveal on this was obviously Robert Maxwell and then Ghislaine Maxwell and then her sisters, Isabel and Christine. Now I'm going to explain a little further on the reveal here. The next item that uh, the author of Crazy Days and Nights had was an organization called Chiliad, C-H-I-L-I-A-D, Wirecard, North Korea, China, and then last, Jan Marsalek. So who is Chiliad? Well, Chiliad is a private company in Herndon, Virginia, which is the Beltway folks, specializes in big data analysis. And that's one of those outfits, one of those many software firms that the two sisters had that they were selling to the FBI and the CIA. Now, Wirecard is a German payment company who's now insolvent. And I posted on Discord a few weeks back Keep an eye on the ongoing German investigation into three key executives of that firm who've been charged with fraud by the German government. Now, Jan Marsalek, the CFO, is on the run and nobody can find him. And what this little piece was talking about is his records say he was in the Philippines, but those turned up nothing, which is kind of important when you have the means to make somebody disappear, which also, on behalf of me, Vellis, What's the going rate for helping somebody disappear out there, folks? So there's a lot there, but that is really powerful stuff. And Patrick Ryan was, was as he often does, was talking about uh, the great goings-on with Ghislaine and the trial and this, that, and the other. And he kept looping folks who follow him back to the Chiliad topic and the Wirecard topic saying, can you all put these pieces together? And as I said on last week's show about Patrick, Patrick, for a number of reasons, and I respect him for it, he doesn't, um, he doesn't just flat out tell you. Um, and Green Machine, I don't have a crush on, on the amazing Polly, but she's fantastic. Um, I'm joking. Um, Patrick can't ever just come out and tell you, I don't want to say the truth, but, but just hand you the answer. Part of it is he wants the audience to work for it. And part of it is he has to speak cryptically because Patrick is one of those few uh, folks out there who really, I don't know where his sources are. And a lot of it is just Patrick's brain. I mean, he looks at stuff and goes, it's four. Um, but he's been working threads together these last couple of, of months. And I also posted on the discord page. Um, Patrick uh, has a, has a website out there where he posted all the tools and things he uses. So you all can go there and go, um, go use that. Um, but this thing about the ability to disappear, 
the, the part Patrick's not saying out loud is what I'm going to say out loud. If that juror in the trial, who's the Carlisle Group administrative assistant, who suddenly remembered that he also had suffered this type of abuse and never revealed that before he became a juror, wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, if that trial gets thrown out, and as I alluded last week, they're, they're you know, have no, have, have no misgivings at all, folks. There, there, there are powerful people renegotiating what the deal is going to be with Gislaine. But given this ability to enable somebody to disappear, what are the odds Gislaine disappears? And I find it Very amusing. High. Yes, and I find it amusing, I do, that the FBI and the CIA for years would work with anyone connected to the Maxwell family on anything and yet not put two and two together and realize if someone connected to the Maxwell family is selling you software, oh, ye intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies, you better damn well believe there's something else they're doing behind the scenes, either with the data itself, with their access to your systems, the list goes on. It was never just going to be, oh, yeah, well, it's kind of a dirty family, but, but they make this really great software. You had to know that they had developed backdoors like this to enable something like this to happen. And by the way, this uh, this uh, chief financial officer of Wirecard, Jan Marcellic, uh, or Jan Marcellic, um, they're not the only person, folks. There's there's a number of high profile people right now that nobody can find, and there's all this confusion in law enforcement circles about how do we? Uh, Hobo Sermon's good one is is Gislaine Maxwell the new Kaiser Soze. <laughs> um, well, I would, I would even go so far as to say Kaiser Sose is who's ever been running Gislaine, but but uh, that's my opinion. But yeah, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of high-profile people out there for for quite some time, a number of years, who've just dropped off the face of the earth, and and nobody can find them. And I think it's hilarious because it isn't just you know the very misguided United States these days. It's it's far bigger than that. Argentina's got people they're looking for, they can't find them. China's got people they're looking for, they can't find them. And of course, the usual suspects are blamed. You know, China blames the West. The West blames China. Everybody blames Russia. Um, the South Africans are looking for some people. The list goes on. And everybody's pointing the finger at the people they normally accuse of. Well, I bet, I bet they're screwing us. I bet that's how this is happening. And it's like, you're all wrong. It's, it's these two sisters and the highest bidder. That's, that's, that's what this is. So with that, I'll, uh, I'll turn to the song of resistance uh, today. If, uh, you gents will be good enough to play that one. Yes, I will play for you, my friend. Hold on. Here it comes right now. The song that will make you feel like a warrior. Yes, yes, it will. I can hear destiny calling, calling out my name. Wow. and dreams both offering, but both offering change. Wow. Surrender offers rest, but I die for peace. Don't need your protection Don't need no shield Now watch me bleed Now watch me bleed Now watch me bleed Now watch me bleed The winds of life are blowing It brings doubt like rain But I would roll like thunder And now it's storm Embrace the pain. 
not an option. I will not just survive. Freedom is near. I choose to thrive. I will live full force, never on my knees. I will smash the door if I can't find the keys. I will not back down. I will not yield. Just like William Wallace, I need no shield. I am different. I am not the same. 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 I'm different. I am not the same. I am not the same. Can you imagine that guy's enemy standing there watching this guy throw off all his armor and all his weapons, and he still keeps walking towards them? I, I thought he was going to take off his pants, and I might have to uh, shut this uh, stream off before that happens. <laughs> no, I'm sure, I'm sure the uh, media will be fine with that. Expressing himself, but as anyway. long as he has a rainbow tramp stamp on his back, then it's okay. Right. Then it's okay. So just uh, words of encouragement there, folks, as we, we continue going through this and try and read through uh, the lies and the misinformation. But thank you all for... Uh, joining us this week or in uh, my particular program and, and B and CJ, any, any uh, departing comments before we move to Harley? No, that was a great man. Great show as always. Very informative folks. Go back and listen to it again. There's always some golden nuggets to be gleaned from Vela's. So make sure you do that. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the program. Harley Schlanger is next. So keep it locked and loaded right here. And with that being said, I'm V he's CJ and that is Vela's. We're out.